liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to Liberty Lockdown live stream edition. I don't do many of these, but sometimes the uh, the topic is so important, I think that we need to have audience feedback. I have the great Drew Hancock, a.k.a. Lockout Out Days, and the legend Ace Arkist in the building. Thank you guys for coming on. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks for uh, inviting me on, Clint. Yeah. Well, I don't really have a, a firm place to start this because I think that obviously we've all had words about this already. So I think for those that haven't been following the Twitter interactions, we should probably just kind of recap our stance. My From my side of the fence, <clears throat> I think that it's, it's a really dangerous path to write off the behavior of private business on a, on a strict private property uh, principle, um, especially when it's being dictated to them by the government. And Ultimately, like my goal with this conversation is not to be right. Like I want solutions. I want to get to the bottom of how a principled libertarian addresses what I believe is fascism. So either of you guys that would like to start, I would like to hear your position as well. Yeah, I'll start. I'll, uh, sorry, Ace. Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll just say, I think Ace and I both were, I mean, I don't think, I know, we're both completely against mandates in either direction. Yeah. So we're against the government mandating like, hey, you must check for vaccines or you must not check for vaccines. Um, so let's start like I don't want anyone misunderstanding. We're not some lefty libertarians. that think that being unvaccinated is aggression and that needs to be curbed or anything like that. Like I haven't gotten vaccinated. Um, but yeah, for my position, I believe in private property rights. I think that extends even if a business is being coerced. Um, I think more so than ACE, I approach it more from a consequentialist point of view rather than deontological and that's kind of where ace is but uh yeah go ahead ace oh sure I, well I, I just um i wanted to say that um well going off of what you said i i pretty much completely agree um i, I did want to address what clint said too is that i i don't want it to seem as if i'm just writing off like what these private businesses are doing like i think it's fully permissible and completely within your rights to judge these businesses as doing something bad you can completely think and you can completely say you should not be doing this and you can completely it's completely within your rights to say yeah you not only should you not be doing this we're going to like punish you within the market if you do do this we're, we're going to you know stage boycotts or whatever we're going to never forget your name that type of stuff that's perfectly within their rights or within your rights and my only contention was that when a business is doing when a business is being coerced th there's two types of ways a business could be coerced they could be coerced in the sense of um they could be coerced by the state to aggress against another person and in that case the other person would have a right to resist the business of with violence right but when they're being coerced to the say to say you have to enforce your property rights within a certain way that itself is not aggression by normal libertarian standards, even if it we would deem it as unfair or unjust. Um, so I, I, that's my position. So I think to expand on that, like just that point, the only aggression taking place in that scenario would be the state forcing the business act a certain yeah. way. 
And you could see the customers the, being aggressed by the by the state too, because they no longer can enter the business when they normally would be allowed to. Yes. What isn't happening is the business is not aggressing or using that's coercion right. on the customer. And I think that's our basic stance. And a client, I just want to clarify, because I did misunderstand your position at first. So you're not in favor of like DeSantis finding businesses for asking proof of vaccination. Like that's not your position or anything like that. It's the same. <clears throat> it's the same gray area for me as it would be if a black person in the 1960s was told, get out of my restaurant N-word, and he were to assault the, the diner, like the operator. Like, do I, do I condone it? No. Am I going to come to the defense of the guy that's, that's actually, um, you know, being a, a bigoted asshole? Also, no. Uh, same same situation with the the banning of mandates in states like Florida. I I still I see the argument that if from a federal level they are are threatening mandates, that from the state level you're basically using state power as defense against federal overreach. My preference would be that the federal level doesn't mandate it, and therefore the state doesn't also mandate that it's not not allowed. Um, so I'm I'm on the fence, but no, personally, I do not. I that's not like that's not how I want this to be solved. That's not my yeah. preference. Um, now, would I rather live in Florida than New York? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to answer it like really cleanly. Like like, am I going to condemn DeSantis for it? No. That uh, obviously, you guys can sense that that that's that's my vantage point is that it is the lesser of the evil options. I would rather have the precedent being set that there were there will be state defense against federal overreach. I would prefer that to requiring the people to basically a set, uh, you know, attack the government. I think it's a, it's the lesser, it's the more libertarian answer, even though it's a statist uh, proposition. It's, it's a very complicated issue. Yep. So if you're agreeing with us on the legality of it, then I don't think that we really need to spend that much time on this. Um, sure. Yeah. Ace and I, I think, you know, we don't support businesses. Mm -hmm. Telling their customers like or telling their employees like, hey, we're going to fucking fire you unless you get the vaccine. I think we're right. all three think that that's very shitty and they should be called out for that. Yeah. Um, whenever you pass a law that says, hey, business, we're going to fine you five thousand dollars for asking proof of vaccination. That's not a defense against the federal government. That is an aggression against private businesses, just as requiring them to yeah. ask for proof of vaccination is an aggression against businesses. What is, is it not to be? Is it not both defensive uh, and an aggression? You consider it to be defensive, but the real offensive solution is like what New Hampshire did and really what the rest of uh, Florida did, which is just saying whatever mandates the federal government passes, we're not going to enforce it. And I think that is defensive using state power to fight against state power rather than against private actors. Yeah. No, no disagreement there. I, that That is my preference as well. And yeah. um, it's just like. <laughs> we're dealing with a very serious issue. So I'm like, mm -hmm. am I really going to chastise DeSantis for this? I'm personally not. Now I can understand from a purely libertarian principled stance, perhaps I should be, um, but I'm not going to, because well, I want to, I want to live freely. And if I have to, if I have to have, uh, you know, an overreaching state governor to try and do that, then I would prefer that. But obviously it's not ideal. So uh, Ace, I'll let you talk. Go oh, ahead. sure. Uh, no, I, I like I can understand, right? And Clint, I, I do really respect your commitment to this issue because it is a really serious issue. And I think you know, I can understand your feelings of like, you know, we just have to do something because it's you know a horrible situation right now. And I totally get that. Um, 
and and from my vantage point, it's not that. So whenever we're talking about these issues, like, you know, well, uh, at this point, would you violate the NAP to do something like this? It's like, you know, we can all come up with our different scenarios. Well, like, is there a line when you would violate the NAP? I think it's always important to bring this down to the individual level, which is that, okay, if you if you do support a policy that you think is the lesser of two evils, but, you know, it does violate the NAP, will you, would you still admit that the people whose rights are being violated would have a right to resist that? Like, they, yeah. they, they would. Have, okay, yeah. So they yeah, I mean, it, obviously, if they're being aggressed upon, you always have a right to resist. It, it's uh, honestly like this. Is, I think this has been the most frustrating thing about it is like a lot of people think I don't understand the print. Like the, I don't understand the libertarian theory that justifies your position. I get it. I genuinely do. I just think that like we have tried to be the nice guy. Like we have tried to uphold our principles well under the overarching um tyranny that that has just exponentially increased over the past 18 months and we are losing consistently and i'm i'm trying desperately to get us in unison to rise up and and like my preference would be that w- that libertarians are on the front lines of this protesting it and uh, th- see this is the, this is the issue though you can't even boycott these businesses because they are already telling you you can't you can't use our service if you're not vaccinated. So you can't boycott a business that, that won't give you business anyways. So your only option is to protest. And we are in such a minority. It's it's very similar to the civil rights uh, era in that there aren't very many people that actually side with this on this. And the more people get coerced to get this vaccine. If you are in the market for a job, I have the connection for you. Not only is it a buddy of mine, but it's also a liberty minded company, which you can feel comfortable in supporting and vice versa. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up for the daily job hunt newsletter. It is a once daily newsletter for free that hits your inbox every morning, gives you just a little bit of information and inspiration on how to get the job of your dreams. It's really quality stuff and it costs you nothing. No harm in doing it. If you are in the position of being discontented with your work for any reason whatsoever, be it mandates, be it just that you, you haven't got a raise, even though. Uh, you know, wages are skyrocketing. This is your opportunity to go get that job that you deserve. Don't wait. The eviction and foreclosure moratoriums are ending as well as unemployment insurance. So time is of the essence. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up for the free daily job hunt newsletter. The less people will be on our side to fight this. And I feel that if we don't take a stand now, by the time it's 10 or 15% of the population, that is the last holdouts, not, not caving to this. There will be no opportunity for peaceful resolution to this, and we will end up in a hot war with you know skirmishes here and there from people who have had their livelihoods stripped of them and can, can no longer exist in these cities. What do we do in that situation? So can I ask you, Clint, because um, I wasn't sure of this either coming into this. So your position isn't that, hey, I'm principled. This is just the application of my principles. It's that, hey, I am principled, but we need pragmatism. We need to set that aside for now and do what's necessary. You know, I don't know, man. I I, honestly, I don't even I don't even care at this point. Like, and I know that's not the libertarian answer. Like, I'm supposed to say, yes, I'm sticking to my principles here. I'm saying I don't think my principles are getting me liberty and they aren't. So I'm trying to figure out. Can I maintain my principles in a fascistic totalitarian hellscape or can't I? And how can how can I actually recover my liberty if I'm maintaining these principles and allowing private businesses to do the bidding of a, you know, of a tyrannical government? 
if I could uh, speak on that for a second, I, so I, I understand, uh, I, I do, I completely understand. And I agree with you, like the, how bad of a situation uh, we're in. I completely agree. Um, but I, I do think like, it's important to uh, clarify and I'm sure you know this, I'm just like speaking this to a general audience type thing, but sure. like, I, I feel like, um, a lot of, a lot of people generally speaking, uh, have this, I like, they get mad at libertarian theory sometimes because they feel like it's, it's pointless or it doesn't get us anywhere. But I, I feel like they're like getting mad that the square block isn't fitting inside the triangle hole. You know what I mean? So it's like the libertarian theory is not meant to be a strategy. It's just meant to determine which action, which interpersonal actions are justified between like people in a social relationship. Certainly. Um, so while I, I completely understand your point where it's like, you know, we're sticking by our principles and we're not getting anywhere. Um, I, I would I, like as as libertarians or as a libertarian, I, I think it's very important that we never lose sight of the idea that the reason we oppose the state in the first place, the reason we're anarchists, the reason we think this is unjustified is because of that, that theory. It's because of those principles in the first place. So we should never I don't think we should ever lose sight of that or else we're just going to be, you know, we're, we're we might oppose the state still, but we wouldn't really have a, any type of justified reason to do so. So it'd be very much like a very strict pragmatism at that point and, you know, um, uh, whisking I, away in the wind. I share your guys' concern. I've I've had yeah. the same critiques for the, uh, you know, the post-libertarian movement that I feel as if it verges into something else, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. you guys clearly have the same critique for me that you think that, you know, my stance on this is dangerous in some way. And I'll grant you that perhaps it is. I think that your stance is also dangerous because it it can result in totalitarianism that you you have no option but to fight violently to recover any semblance of liberty. So this is why, and I, I, I ran afoul of both of you by using this language, and I'm surprised you didn't put it as your name as War Ace. Uh, <laughs> but but the the point I was trying to make is that I believe that if we if we don't take a stand against this, if we don't win this fight. This is, this is my honest belief. If we don't win this fight, we end up in war. That, that's what I believe. Now, do you guys disagree? Do you think that this will be resolved peaceably? You so, go ahead. Yeah. I'm confused. So I know that you talked about sit-ins and stuff like that, and you support sit-ins. What are your solutions that you consider to be unprincipled? Sit-ins would be unprincipled. I mean, I mean, and, like, so there's sit-ins and like, what else are we, like, what else would be your idea for how to fight this? I think that any any employer or employee or customer that is being asked this information, I think that you should defraud the business and not not give the the information that they're requiring. Um, so that would be, you know, unlibertarian in a certain sense. I I don't know how you guys would look at that one, but that in sit-ins, and then ultimately, I don't have any interest in you know actually assaulting people that work at these businesses. I as I said, I'm not going to come to the defense either. Um, but I am not. I, I'm not going to be assaulting those people. So, it, like the fact that I said I don't mind this, I'm being honest. I don't. I get it. Like if I was if I was kicked out of a business, I would be heated. If someone if if someone like uh, Dave Smith has said this in the past, if someone was walking down the street and they called my wife a bitch, like is it the libertarian answer to fight him? No. Would I be violating the nap by fighting him? Yes. But does anyone actually like in reality? Does anyone let a stranger on the street call their wife a bitch and not do anything about it? So I'll use another example of that. Do you remember the Twisted Tea video from, it may have been like a year ago now, where do, a yeah. white guy is calling a black guy a certain racial slur several times, and the black guy pops him in the face with, 
twisted T. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's assault. But at the same time, you know what? I'm not really going to say anything about that. And I think that is completely legitimate. Um, I think I disagree with Ace on this. I don't hold the nap as a universal. We don't really need to go into that. Um, but as far as the rest of that, Ace, do you want to say anything? Well, I, I yeah, I think we would disagree on, on the nap. But I, I do want to say that you're fully within your rights not to care. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, like, from a third-party perspective... I don't have to care. So that, that but, but I, I would push back just a little Clint on, um, you said, you know, you wouldn't care if, you know, you could, or you can understand at least that it, it people being attacked, like from these, in these businesses. But, um, I, I think like it, it was just a very kind of unfair, like there was that video of the, um, um, that kind of, I think this is kind of what started with the BLM activist, um, you know, trespassing in the business and assaulting the hostess. I think that I don't see any justification for that. Right. Because it's like, like, especially like minimum wage workers and stuff like that. I don't see any justification to attack them or whatsoever. I, think- I also don't, I also don't see any justification for the business to uphold this absurdly tyrannical policy of asking for my private, me- private medical health information. I think that it's, it's, they're both, they're both fucked. Like that, that's kind of my point here is like, do I think that it was right for them to beat up the hostess? No, I don't think it was right. And I wouldn't have done it. But I also understand, <laughs> like, I understand. And, and this is the thing. So, and we've already, you've already mentioned that we could take this to really extreme hypotheticals to kind of get to my point, yeah. but I'm going to do it anyways, because it's important. Sure. You cannot eat at a restaurant or a bar. And there's the potential that they do that for grocery stores and everything. There's theaters, every, basically the, all of New York city. If you don't have this pass, Yes. You can't live there. Right. That that is an, an egregious infringement on people's liberty and yeah. their pursuit of happiness, if you want to go down that path. And I don't know how we resolve this, especially if it gets to a point of a federal level. Like theoretically, the federal government, given that they've completely done away with the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, which we're all anarchists, we don't really believe in anyways, but it was a nice document and I thought it might give us some cover. It hasn't really. Um, what if Joe Biden were to come out in a month and say it is criminal to serve or sell any product to anyone who has not been vaccinated. What do we do there? Do you do you honestly accept that 10 or 15% of the population is now forced into an agorist underground black market lifestyle or what? Well, no, I, I don't accept that, but it, I, um, I, I think it's always important to know that, like, like there's a difference between, like, if you said, well, a business was, like, lobbying for this mandate or they agreed with it, I actually would view them as a co-conspirator if they were actually, you know, lobbying for this legislation in the first place. So I think it's, it's important to distinct. I'm not defending all businesses or corporations who do this, but I do want to make a distinction between a corporation who is, co- or a, a business at least, who is coerced into doing so. Um, and I'm just saying, I, I, and again, I'm, I'm agreeing with you in your sentiment. I like, I completely would understand like how angry people would be about this, but I'm just saying that from, from a purely libertarian perspective, that business would have a right to defend its property from people, uh, rushing into, you know, trespass or steal from it. And I complain, I do understand the sentiment of those people, but I think the ultimate enemy here is the state. And if I could, um, someone brought up on Twitter, an interesting analogy that I think they, that on the surface would make sense and would seem to, um, attack my, my, um, argument, which would be like, well, you view when, when the state tells a cop to do something and they do it, you still blame the cop. So when, when the state's telling a business to do something, why aren't you blaming the business? And I, I want to uh, clarify that here if I could. 
Um, so the reason I blame the cop when the cop does something and not just the state is because the cop is initiating aggression against other people, right? Whereas in the case of the business, the business is being required to enforce their own property rights in a certain manner. So the exclusion is um, um, not, not aggressive. Yeah, the exclusion itself is not aggressive. So that means the state is the one aggressing against the business, but the aggression stops at that point. The exclude, like it, the exclusion, is not aggression, as you said. Um, so that would be the difference. You could say that the state is, in some sense, aggressing against the customer too, because they're forcing the business to um, exclude people they would not normally exclude. But the the exclusion itself is not the uh, aggression. Yeah, and just to follow up on that, so I think what Clint's point has been is that, hey, that's all well and good. They have the right mm -hmm. to exclude me. Yeah. But if every business is conspiring and all of a sudden I can't eat, I can't mm -hmm. put food on the table, I can't go to the grocery store, I can't do all of this stuff, then you know what? Maybe we need to just forget the principles for a little bit and take action against that. Clint, is that accurate to sum up? Yeah, I mean, basically, if you get to that position, you're going to have two options. Either you become a thief and you steal food from places or you become a murderer and you go after the state in mass. I think that the lesser evil is probably to steal. And like what I, I honestly, I would prefer because I would like to see the state demolished. I would prefer a revolution, but I don't think we have a chance of winning that because there is such an enormous percentage of this country that has gone away, gone along entirely with this fear mongering nonsense and I don't think that there's a chance of us prevailing in that. So that's where that's where I get lost in all this. And I'm like, I don't yeah. have a principled libertarian solution to this other than revolution because we are being aggressed upon by the state. And I think that is a principled response. So, yeah. So here, so I would disagree with the one part. I would say that attacking the state is more moral than becoming thieves. Um, but as far as the kind of implications of this. I don't see a reality that isn't just a complete totalitarian state where you're not able to eat. So, hey, maybe the government comes along and like there are police officers in every single home and they're making sure everyone's vaccinated. Sure, maybe that can happen. Uh, if you're just in a situation where like there's no government mandate, I don't see that happening at all. Because if you're a business and you're requiring vaccination and half of your customer base disappears, uh, you're either going to go out of business or you're going to change that policy. Of course. If, I, and, and for the record, yeah. I don't think I'm not really afraid if it weren't yeah. for the federal government pressuring this. I don't think businesses would be doing this at all. That's kind of my argument. Yeah. So my other point is that even if you look at a place like New York, I don't think there's going to be a situation where the unvaccinated aren't able to eat. Uh, you look at New York Post, they released this article. They went undercover. They went to 15 restaurants. Eleven of them didn't ask for proof of vaccination because it's against their own interest to ask their customers for proof of vaccination. And then say that 15 out of 15, every restaurant was asking for proof of vaccination. Uh, people use Grubhub. You pay someone who is vaccinated to go pick up your food for you. Uh, you get drive-through, you get delivery. Um, and sure, are these preferable? Am I upset that, hey, I can't eat at a nice restaurant? Sure. But I don't think there is this situation that's going to arise where, hey, I can't eat and I have no choice but to either grab an AR-15 and go to town or rob or whatever else. Yeah. So on well, well, it's, it, but see, it's, it's not yeah. just the food. It's also employment. So if they mandate it 
on a federal level and they and they say that you cannot sell products to this people and you cannot be employed, you get to a point of true desperation, like dangerous desperation where you have millions of people that obviously many people are just going to cave. They're just going to get the vaccine because they have to survive. Mm -hmm. But there are going to be a handful of true radicals like myself that are going to say to themselves, yeah. what the fuck am I supposed to do here? And and I and I grant you, it's not likely. I'm not saying it's probable. And God damn it, I hope it doesn't happen. However, after the past 18 months, I am not discounting that as a possibility. I am not. Oh, yeah. And I'm, you know, that that is the big concern here. And this is why I, I desperately wanted to have you guys on so we can try and hammer this out and figure out how the fuck we defeat this thing before it potentially gets there. Yeah. And listen, like I look at Australia and Malice tweeted out not too long ago that six months ago, Australia would have been a conspiracy theory. And I think that people should yeah. absolutely stand up against all this government shit. Like we are all completely against that. I made videos about it. Ace, all you do is rant about philosophy all day. Like, <laughs> But um, in terms of employment, I think that it's still a similar thing. Well, first off, this is another point I didn't even touch on. You look at red states, uh, Florida, they're not going to enforce this shit. Missouri, it's not going to enforce this shit. New Hampshire, it's not going to. Gretchen Whitmer, she, the polls are in, she's not going to enforce this shit. Um, so I think- Until, until after the election, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, until after the election. And you tweeted out the other day, Clint, that uh, if you're not you know, willing to fight for yourself, I don't remember how exactly you worded it, but move out of blue states. I completely agree with that. Uh, I am actually a fan of the Tho Bishop, like paleo strategy. Um, I think that it is preferable to live in a red state than a blue state. I live in Missouri. It's fucking awesome. Uh, so, yeah, there's also that part of it. I think that there are just going to be a lot of states that don't enforce it. And you can point out, well, hey, there's federal pressure. There's also federal pressure on marijuana. And there are all these states that have legalized marijuana. The feds could come in at any time and arrest every single one of them. And they don't. People stand up against them. Right. True. And, you know, just to um, also address your point, Clint, which is that, uh, you know, I also want to like say, I, and I don't mean to like sound like I'm going to defend the state here. because Anyone knows I would never do that. Um, but I do want to say that um, it's not really in the state's interest uh, from a, a perspective, from a macro perspective to starve their population. Right. If we think about like a farmer who's raising cattle the farmer has no interest in letting their cattle all die or letting them. And that's not to say that they won't impose tyranny because we've obviously seen that they will. And this also is very subjective depending on how much people are willing to take too. Right. So um, I'm not saying that my theory is uh, correct, but I do think it's something uh, to consider that I don't think you'll get it as bad as like, you know, some of the doomsday theories. I know I'm not calling you that, but I'm just saying like, yeah, I don't no. think it'll be like a worst case scenario. Um, it's And that's not, uh, you know, I don't want to underplay this if it's not bad, but you know, I don't think it'll get to a worst case scenario. Um, I, and as Drew said, like I, there are actual places and the weed example is very good. There are actual examples of states just saying, no, we're not going to do this and it's just not going to happen. So um uh, th I think that's a very good um, way to look at it. And that's a very good, that's very hopeful in general. Um, yeah, no, uh, believe me, there's there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. And, and as I've said, I don't think like probability wise, I don't think it's probable that we're going to end up in a totalitarian North Korean type dictatorship. Yeah. But after the past 18 months, I have to be prepared for that. Yeah. I have to, and I, and I have to take action to prevent it. If that's my, that's my opinion is that at this point I would be foolish to write it off as because it's unlikely. Oh, I'm sure. Do yeah. nothing. No, of yeah, course. Yeah. So I think my point is that uh, you don't have to be unprincipled to stop it from happening. 
So you look at principles, you look at the principles that we believe, well, that's where the disagreement comes in. You look at principles (laughs) we believe in. You have these people who they say, hey, well, let's join the Mises Caucus and let's preach principle liberty. You have people like Bill Bishop who say, hey, let's um, kind of hijack this right populism thing and get the Republican Party actually uh, at least preferable and try to push them in kind of a liberty direction. You have the king pills like Matt Erickson who are saying, hey, just build wealth. That's something that I completely agree with. And it's annoying whenever they talk to me like I don't agree with that. <laughs> just an aside. Uh, you have New Hampshire, like my boy, Jeremy Kaufman, who everyone's moving. They're pushing libertarian concentration. These are all strategies or other strategies I didn't miss that are completely compatible with libertarianism, completely principled, and I think are effective. And just because me and Ace, like, we care about principles, it's not like, oh, we just want everyone to sit in their room reading Murray Rothbard and David Friedman not doing anything. Like, yeah, we're completely in favor of doing anything. We fucking hate the state. We hate all the the shit that we're doing. We just want to make sure that our energy is focused in the right direction towards the state and not private actors. But do you not do you not think I mean, because you just said you don't want your energy focused towards private actors. I think our energy should be focused towards private actors, too, because they are doing the bidding of the state. Like, are, are you- hey, I should reword that. What do you mean by energy? Because, yes, if someone is like uh, they're asking, they're asking for proof of vaccination and shit, then, yes, maybe I misworded that. I think that you are well within your rights to call them a piece of shit and okay. boycott them and all of this. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. OK, that, that's what I wanted to clarify. Well, I I mean. Then do we disagree? I don't even know. <laughs> I like the the only the only disagreement we have is that you guys would, I guess, actively condemn well, someone assaulting uh, someone that works would, at these places. And yeah, I, would. I yeah, I, yeah, like okay. especially if it's just like a worker too. I mean, you know, even if you wanted to say that the businesses are liable, I don't think that would. I don't think that would trickle down just to like the you know common wage workers. I think you know it's like w- w- when I saw the video of the hostess getting beat up by the BLM supporters, I. I, I don't I can't look at those people and not think they're aggressors. You know, uh, you know, I mean, I don't I can't look at the woman getting beat up and think, yeah, no, she didn't have a right to defend herself. So I, I would defend uh, I would defend those workers rights to defend themselves if those people got aggressive, which they do, did in that video. Do you guys not see that it's I mean, this this is why I think that fascism is such a, a tough thing for libertarians to deal with is because the state is aggressing upon those black women that are assaulting that woman. So by libertarian theory, if you're being aggressed upon, you have a right to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. You're saying that they only have a right, even though the person who's enforcing it is a private actor, they only have a right to take it to the person that's actually doing the coercing, which is the state. Yes. I'm saying so, I'm saying it's a little bit gray. Um, do you want to go through? Or- yeah, I'll just use. So say you're in like a hostage situation, like we're all we're trapped in a gas station and there's some dude with a gun who broke in and, hey, they're robbing the store and like they got us in a corner. Um, So this person, they're using coercion against me and blah, blah, blah. And so whatever. And they say, hey, you go grab like say I'm wearing a nice watch because, you know, I'm very rich and wealthy and I have like nice stuff. Uh, and they say, hey, go grab that watch from that kid. Um, actually, that's not a good example. Because that goes to aggressive force. Right, Never mind right. what I was about to say. But still, it's say X is aggressing against Y. Uh, you don't have a right to just use force because there's coercion in, in the example. You don't have a right to just shoot someone because coercion happens to be in the equation. I kind of botched that, but Ace, go ahead. Uh, sure, I, I can. I, so one of my uh, friends on Twitter, my mutuals, um, a worst underscore account, he had, I think he had a great example of this. Yeah. And it's not, and I'm not um, equ- um, equating it to this, but it's an, a really great analogy. 
the state, uh, if a state enforced um, seatbelt mandates, right? Let's say the statewide, the state said everyone has to wear a seatbelt when they get in their car. And then I, uh, when I, when people get in my car, I say, hey, you have to put the seatbelt on. Um, do I lose my property right because I told them, or would they be justified to, you know, not get to um, just ignore my property right by st staying in my car and protesting because they don't want to wear the seatbelt? It's not. So my point would be that it, even if the state is telling me to do something, if I, I still have a right to my property and therefore I would still have a right to evict this person off of my property if they didn't follow my rules, even if the state is mandating it. Um, yeah. On well, me. if I mean, if a if a restaurant was asking me to put a seatbelt on in my chair at the restaurant, I'd be like, well, this is dumb, but right. it's not really offensive to me. Mm -hmm. It is fucking really offensive to me that I could not eat at an entire in, in an entire city. If I won't put this fucking seatbelt oh, on. Oh yeah, it's it's you not. Know? I'm not equating it. I'm just no. I know. I'm just. I'm just trying to trying to explain why I don't like the analogy because it's like, I yes, I agree. Yeah, like obviously you have a right to ask someone in your car to put a seatbelt on. Right. Yes, you do. So like, if that if if that's what you want is an answer for me, I'll give it to you. Yeah, I obviously yeah. I think you well, do. So so why do you have the right to ask someone in your car to put on their seatbelt? Like I'll just ask that. Well, because it's your property. I mean, they could still refuse, obviously, but even with the state mandate, though, right? Like, even if the state was mandating that all cars had to, everyone in the car had to have their own seatbelt on, and would they, like, would they, yeah. would you view that as co, like, would you view the car owners as co conspirators with the state if they also asked people to put their seatbelts on? I think you're being coerced by the state, you know, in that situation, but yeah, I think that you would still have that right, but it's also, the the driver in that situation gets fined for any is that how it works is does anyone in the car that doesn't have a seatbelt on does the driver pay the price i don't even remember i don't know how i think it works. it's, I think I it's usually the driver yeah. okay yeah but I, so that's yeah the exact i guess same, it's fine that's it's not it's, it's not the, the exact same though because it's in your body i mean they're, they're, they're asking for private information well it's not, Oh, okay, but um, so a private business in, in like Liberty, I'm sure you know this. So I, I'm just I just want to uh, clarify this. Sure. Uh, a, when a private business says, you know, you can't work here in, unless you get the vax, they, they don't have a right to force you to do anything. Right. They're just saying that you cannot come here if you don't qualify for X, Y or Z. So they so they, I, I just want to be clear that they're not forcing you or for if a business did forcefully sit you down and inject you with something, that's aggression. Straight up, that's completely aggressive, and I would not support that. Um, I, I do want to make one more quick point, which is uh, goes to your point about like um, uh, if the state is core, if the state is you know doing all this stuff, can we only attack the state or can we attack private uh, businesses? I, I think this is very similar to the topic of war, actually. I, and let me oh, let me ahead. clarify. Sure. I did not I did not say attack. I said I think that you should still have your energy focused towards them too, oh, okay. because because they are they are operating basically as the enforcement arm of the state. Okay, yeah, and I'm speaking more generally here because I, I there were some people who I was tweeting not not you, Clint, but there were some other people who were probably watching this who did think it was actually justified to attack these businesses. Um, oh, I I read some of those too, and okay, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. So, um, like in the like for example in. Um, we as libertarians, we would all say that you know if an aggressor is attacking you, let's say in war, you would have a right to resist them with a with a defensive force, uh, but that would not give you the right to harm innocent people in that combat scenario. Even so, even if another aggressor was shooting at me, if I was shooting at um, if I was defending myself and I shot some innocent person, 
I am still responsible for that innocent person I shot. Yes, like, Th like, this is this is actually a very important point of disagreement. Obviously, the main onus lies with the state. However, I do not find the owner of the business who is forcing their employees to do this as innocent. I don't. And I know you guys have, I've seen the arguments and I know that you, you seem to think that because they're being coerced, they, they share none of the moral blame. Now I'm well, not saying, I'm not saying that it's not necessarily criminal blame, but m like morally, I think it is wrong. It's same as I would think it is wrong during Jim Crow for a business to kick out black people from their restaurant. I think it's the same thing here. I don't disagree with that. If by moral, you just mean that they uh, they should it, you should invoke shame on them because they did they there was a moral failing, as it would be called. Okay, right. Because um, some some people actually did not think that there was any moral culpability. Oh no, the I, business owner. Yeah, I think you still hold moral culpability even if you are being coerced. Um, okay, but but I don't think that means. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not their right to do so within their business. But I do agree on on the moral issue. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Drew? I mean, yeah, I do agree. Like, if you are enforcing a state mandate, I would say, hey, don't. Like, you are the entire reason this exists. I think you do also have to acknowledge that, hey, there is a threat in, say, you know, you're a mom and pop shop and you've been running your store for 30 years and you are afraid of the government. I think there is something to be said for, like, maybe you don't want to throw this all away and you are scared. But uh, generally, yes, I would say don't go along with statism. But it's easy for me to say as someone sitting in my apartment who doesn't have to deal with that. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm not trying to diminish the courage that it would take for a business to lie to the state and risk massive fines. Like, I get it. I, I've been a business owner for a long time and it fucking sucks. I mean, it sucks that we're put in this position by the state. I, I just don't know. Basically, I don't think that we can actually defeat the state. So I feel as if it would be like you guys were saying, am I a pragmatist? I think you have a better chance of pressuring businesses that do this on an individual level than you do on appealing to the state to prevent this from being rolled out in mass. What do you guys say to that? I agree with that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you're going to have more sway in your local community than you are, you know, at, at the federal level uh, in general. So yeah, I do. I definitely agree with that personally. Um, I, I, so yeah, no, I, I obviously would think a business obviously who says, well, no, we're not going to mandate this at all. And you can go pound sand that, that business is obviously, I would look at as more virtuous than a business who says, okay, we're going to comply. So I certainly agree with that. Okay. Um, well, that, that's yeah, great to hear. So my, because... my only disagreement was just that, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't mainly from you, Clint. It was just everyone else who was, uh, I was talking to on Twitter who said, no, you actually do have, they, they lost their property rights and therefore you do have a right to take over their business. That was the, well, only, that, those are the people I was. Uh, I think that, that's the next big question here is how do libertarians decipher? Because Ace made this point earlier that some businesses would be doing this voluntarily and some would not, and some mm -hmm. are being coerced and yeah. some are, are collaborateurs in a way. How do we decipher that? And how do we actually know I mean, because at some point, like if if my worst case scenario comes to pass and it's mandated on a federal level that you can spend 10 years in prison if you serve anyone who doesn't have the V. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do we how do we know who is actually a, fa a fascistic enterprise that, that is worthy of being a genuine enemy and who is not? I don't or think would you guys really... say that they are never? Well, so in terms of like the legality and them having property rights, I don't think it's really relevant. So just take them having... Just take the business part out of it. Just say it's your house and say Biden, he passes a law and says to invite someone in your house, you have to ask them for proof of vaccination. 
Uh, and you know what? You comply with that. You don't lose your property rights because you're doing that. People can't just start walking into your house like you don't have a right to property property rights anymore. Um, in terms of that, I think it's good. In terms of who we're going to hold accountable and say like, hey, this person actually is a piece of shit. This person is just scared. That I don't really know. What about what about you? Is you got an answer for me? Because this one's really tough for me. Yeah. So at, at, in terms of uh, culpability or when we would say they're co-conspirators conspirators or complicit, um, I, I would. So from the, you could say they're co-conspirators in the sense that they're um, agreeing with the mandate or that they're following through with it. Right. Um, so I, I would still say that they hold less moral blame than obviously the state. And I think you would agree with that. Certainly. Yes. Um um, I don't think they they're blameworthy in a right sense. Um, now, when they go to co-cons, when we were talking about co-conspirators, if a business did, let's say, um, if you had a corporation or something that was lobbying the government to impose this mandate, then I would agree that in some sense they are co-conspirators, that that they are actually implicit in this aggression of the and, state and, because they've advocated the state to aggress. Um, and if they've if they violated the NAP, then does that then justify retali- retaliation? Uh, within proportionality, certainly. Yeah. So if they have actually violated the NAP, then absolutely, certainly. Um, although you, um, how, how are we to have like a, a hard and fast rule on this? Because like, we're not going to know what businesses are actually, um, you know, right. lobbying well, on this. Yeah. Right. Well, this is the thing, right? This is the kind of the hard thing and the hard pill to swallow, which is that the burden of proof would be on us, right? Because justice demands that before we can, uh, before we can initiate aggression, uh, or not, I'm sorry, before we can use force defensively, we must first uh, prove, or at least it must be obvious that uh, they are aggressing in the first place, right? So um, we do have to get over that uh, burden before we can like justly uh, do that. Now, you know, sometimes you might say, well, no, we can do it preemptively. Well, yeah, you could do that preemptively, but if you're wrong, you have to pay the consequences for being wrong like that. So if the state is coercing a business, um, but the business really, let's say the state's coercing a business, but the business is actually like, okay, the state's making us do this, but really we wouldn't care if people just walk through our building. At that point, if people did walk through the building, it would not be trespass, right? Because the, the legitimate owner actually wants them there. If the owner just but went along with and said, no, we don't want you there, then and they trespassed and they went through the building, that would be trespass. So I know that's not a satisfactory answer in the sense that it doesn't give us it doesn't really tell us what we can do or what we should do in all situations. But that's like the general, as I see it, the general rule, what it would be or how it would make it best. I I agree with you on the general rule. I'm trying to find some sort of application, you know, where because like if we can't view this kind of in unison simultaneously the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't see how we have any chance of defeating this if we're going to actually petition or protest or sit in these businesses. I like, because we're going to have disagreements. We're going to like, everyone's going to have different, like, right. Obviously Halliburton and, and BAE and these fuckers like, yeah, of course go sit, go sit in whatever where they're fucking war criminals. But then it comes down to like these chain restaurants who maybe some of them are, mm-hmm. are really egregious about it. I, I just don't know. And, and I don't know how we how we can actually take action when we're when we're stuck in this debate over who is actually a bad actor and who's not. So, well, I mean, I, I'm sorry, Drew. Go ahead. I'll just say I actually asked the question on Twitter. I said, at what point does a private company stop being private and becomes a quasi state actor? Uh, I got like 500 likes and like 200 responses, and they were 200 different responses. So I don't think that there is a hard line, like solid answer. I think that, yes, the burden of proof is on us. There are certain things like the Federal Reserve. I think that we can all say with certainty is not actually a private company. Uh, Raytheon, I think that we can say is not really private at this point. 
Uh, then there are other things that are more great, like tech companies. I would still say that tech companies are private companies. Um, a lot of people would disagree with me on that. Uh, part of why I say that is because I work for a competitor tech company, and I see that it is entirely possible for a competitor to compete with big tech. Um, but yeah, I don't think that there's really a hard and fast rule um, for it. it. To jump off that point, I do. I, I I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I actually think it's more. It's uh, better to conceptualize the the whole idea of like private versus public. What is a private versus public company? Um, so if we define private in, in the libertarian sense, private doesn't mean just that the gov it's it's not a government agency. Like in, in a libertarian theoretical perspective, private means that you are an entity or like a business or a person who is not encroaching on another person, right? That's what private means in like a libertarian ethical sense. So it, I think it's actually better to conceptualize not of private entities or public entities, but private actions or public actions. So um, instead of saying, well, this is a private, is this a private entity or not? It's like, well, when they make a when they're just enacting private actions like they're just staying within their own bounds then they are a private company if they start encroaching on other bounds then that action was obviously not in line with the private action so you you, you can kind of separate this into actions versus like whether this whole thing right because you, then you get into this like whole um philosophical debate which is like well as drew was saying like what point well i think it's better just to conceptualize it on an action versus a, an action on action basis not of not See, as that, a whole thing that yeah, to me is point. the hard thing because asking for proof of vaccination is an action that i think is you know it's not it's not aggression oh but it's certainly invasive but, Yes. I mean, it's it's just tough, man. Like that. This is why I'm struggling with this topic. Is it's it, this is a very fucking weird thing that I really never expected to deal with in my life, to be honest. Well, this is the same thing. Like with uh, discrimination, it goes back to Gary Johnson. Like, can a Christian baker discriminate against a gay person? Like, yeah, I think that's wrong, and I think that they're kind of bigoted. I think that's another example of them being propagandized instead of by the state. It's by the church. Uh, but still, say business wants to discriminate based on my eyes being blue or in the fact that I'm a Chiefs fan or that I'm white. Uh, these all things are various levels of fucked up. And I discriminate I against you because up. you're a Chiefs fan. So I get that a lot. You're probably a Raiders fan from California. Chargers, uh, baby. Oh, God, even worse. They don't have yeah, any I know. fans. <laughs> I'm the last one. I don't know. I'm a little bit upset because, like, just an aside, I had the Texans plus eight and a half and they fucking blew it. Like they were covering the entire goddamn game. And they fucking blew it at the end with like four minutes left. They had a drive where they could have covered it and they didn't. But uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry to get a sidetrack. Keep going. Keep going. If you love playing fantasy football, but struggle to find the right resource to help with your research, the guys at football insider edge have you covered. The football season is days away. Sign up now, whether you are a season long player focused on DraftKings or FanDuel contests, or just like to make the occasional wager each week on a couple of games, football insider edge provides you with the research tools and in-depth analysis to take your game to the next level with the proprietary model, matchup charts and industry award-winning content. The team at football insider edge have devoted themselves to educate their subscribers, helping them improve their play, and in a few special moments, winning life-changing money. They are proud of the community they've built through weekly interactions on their Slack channel and take great pride in helping others to achieve their goals of becoming better fantasy players. As supporters of this show and the Liberty Movement as a whole, they are currently offering a 20% discount on any monthly or full season plan on their website. Just go to footballinsideredge.com and use the code LIBERTY at checkout to take advantage of this discount offer today. Again, go to footballinsideredge.com 
Liberty.com and use the code Liberty at checkout. Yeah, anyway, all like the Liberty people have probably like gone to bed by the all the women have turned this off. Like there's no <laughs> women watching. We just us we just point. we just lost 10 viewers right as we started talking about football. I saw it. Yeah. We're talking about libertarian, like autistic theory. All the women have tuned out. We just had the nerds. I just talked about football. Now we're not appealing to anyone. No one's gonna watch this. Uh, I don't even remember what the fuck we were talking about. Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. You... Oh, go ahead, Ace. Oh, I was just saying you were talking about like how businesses have a right to discriminate, but it's still a shitty thing to do. Like you were talking about Gary Yeah, Jones it's still a shitty thing to do. And yeah, yeah, we're all in agreement that this vaccination thing is shitty. Uh, it doesn't change the legal right to do it. If you want to rail against it and you want us to protest yeah. against it and you want us to boy- boycott, I completely support you. I don't think... I made a video about this, this whole idea of like, well, they're just a private company. You can't criticize them. It's right. fucking retarded. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think like, that that's the, that's actually my primary critique. And, and this is my mistake because I, I was accusing Ace of having not been vocal enough about this. And I'm sure you have been, I was just fucking emotionally mm-hmm. activated. Um, but anytime I see a libertarian coming out and saying it's a private business, they can do it. And, right. and it, yeah. it, it, it bothers me. And, and I, I think a lot of people feel that way right now because I feel as if we are coming to the defense of people who are behaving immorally. Now, I'm not saying that it's right for us to beat them up over it, but I think it's bizarre to come out in their defense. Do you understand that perspective? Absolutely. I think it's bizarre to come out to their offense or defense if you weren't doing this in other situations. Like Gary Johnson, whenever he doesn't think that, whenever he thinks that a Christian baker should be forced to bake a cake for a gay person, him all of a sudden coming out in favor of free association and property rights. That makes no sense. If you are someone who has been consistent on those things and Hey, you're just staying consistent. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, as far as the left libertarians who do all of this, because it is the left libertarians primarily who do it because I've complained in the past about having to wear a mask and it's always, well, they're a private company. They have the right to do it. And it's like, I right. agree that they have the right to do it. I'm just criticizing it for the love of fuck. Right. Whenever someone says that it's just a private company, bro. And it, you know, in response to criticism, as Drew was saying, it's like, that's not even a response to what I said. Right. That, yeah. that it makes, it's, it's just a complete red herring. It, it means nothing, absolutely nothing in the context of what I said. So yeah, when, when, when these people talk about how, well, well, though, that's just the free market. Why are you complaining? It's like, no, my, my, uh, me calling that business shit is also the free market. So I, I right. So you have as yeah. much right as you want to call these businesses shit and rail them for the end of time until the end of time. Uh, for what they did and you're completely justified in doing that but I so Matt. the only so I, I just wanted to say because I, why I jumped in and why I was defending their right I did not want to come across as if I was saying well they can just do it and it's fine my whole point was just that if we give up the principle that they're justified in defending their own property and their own bodies then we actually give up the principle to be opposed to the vaccine mandate in the first place Right. So the reason we were the reason we're anarchists, the reasons we're opposed to the state's violence in the first place is property rights. So I do think it's integrally important to keep that principle alive or else it's just like we lose our argument against the vaccine mandate in the first place, at least I, consistently. I, and, yeah. and for the record, I agree with you guys that pro- I mean, the reason like the biggest reason I'm a libertarian is because of private property rights. Mm-hmm. My point is we have 18 months of yeah. no fucking property rights in this country. And when I hear, like the first time I really hear people coming out a lot is when uh, in defense of it's a private business, you can do what you want. It's with the mask mandate and it's with the vaccine passports. It's not about the fucking uh, foreclosure and eviction moratorium. It's not about having your business closed. 
It's not about any of those things that are really egregious oversteps of the state. It's it's for these things that are basically infringements on other people's rights that are dictated by the state. And I I don't understand the impetus on your part to to I guess I guess I do understand it and at the same time I yeah. don't. Like I get I get why you're doing it, but at the same time like is it is it important to do now? And and if so, why do you think so? So that just goes back to what I was just saying that, yeah, be right. Be completely mad at like these Cato types, these Gary Johnson types, these reason types who in the past, they haven't been in favor of discrimination and uh, free association and all of these things. And now all of a sudden, whenever the state is pushing these vaccines and everything, now all of a sudden they care about it and be mad at all these leftists who all of a sudden adopt, Hey, they're a private business. They can do what they want. Uh, go fuck yourselves. You're a leftist. You have no right to be making that. Right. Uh, go ahead. Ace. No, I was just, I would absolutely agree. Cause it's like, for me, it's like, I, it, it's not like, like I took, I totally understand your point, right? Cause this is like, you know, how, um, the only time people will say will care about bodily autonomy is when they bring up abortion. You know what I mean? So it's like those types of people where they just enrage you because you know that they're just little pieces of shit and they don't care. Like they just <laughs> don't care whatsoever about this issue. They're yep. just trying to use it as a wedge. Um, that, that's not my perspective. I mean, that, that's not like why I was doing it. Obviously. And I'm of, sure of you course. know that. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. so yeah. for me, it's just like, no, I, I feel like I have to be consistent here. If I'm going to defend property rights, I have to do it across the board. And this is just like, you know, um, why I, I, um, equate or not equated, but I used an analogy to war earlier, which was like, look, you have a right to defend yourself against aggressors, but I'm still going to call you a murderer if you do kill that innocent person in the process of you defending yourself. So that's why I and and if I'm going to if I'm going to you know be so hardline on that, I feel like I also have to be consistent and hardline uh, at home domestically when people violate property rights, even if they're doing it in defense of their own lives, which I completely understand. And I'm not even I'm not even adding um, moral blame necessarily because if people like if someone was starving and they stole some water, I would completely understand that. I would still think I would still view it as a property rights violation. And I would still think they deserve um, the owner deserves restitution and the owner would have a right to defend themselves if they were there to stop them from stealing it. But I would completely understand the impetus to steal the water if I was of you know, dying of yeah, thirst. Survival. Um, yeah. So this is a really important question because I think that we will have a dis disagreement between you two because I think Drew agrees with me on the sit-ins and that is a private property rights violation. Uh, Ace, do you not? Well, hang on. Oh, that's go ahead, something Drew. to where I do think it's a property rights violation. That's another thing where I don't think I would be outraged by it. Um, but I look at it, at it, say they're doing it for something that I'm not really particularly, particularly a fan of. Like say that they're socialists and they're just anti-capitalists and they're against sit-ins. Then all of a sudden I think it's more clear like, hey, this is a violation of property rights. Um, so I think that whenever you look at it, like, well, they're doing it for a good cause or doing it with a cause for a cause that I agree with, then it can be kind of hard to see that. I think it is a property rights violation. Um, I've still, I wouldn't be that opposed to it. Whenever there were these mask mandates and businesses were requiring masks, I didn't wear masks. I would make them tell me like, Hey, put a mask on or leave. And uh, I think that it's kind of the same thing. You're making them exercise their property right to tell you to leave and force you out if they need to. Um, and I personally, I don't really see a problem with that. Um, I'm not a nap universalist. Like the classic example is you're lost in the woods for two days and you haven't eaten. You can stumble across a cabin and you can see there's no one in. You break in and you steal their food. Everyone does that. Um, yeah, go ahead, Ace. Sure. 
Um, I, I don't think I disagree too much with Drew on that. Um, so I don't view all NAP violations as equal. Do you know what I mean? Like, like obviously, I'm going to view a murder as much, like, much more harshly than I would view someone trespassing on someone's property. So while I, I do think yeah. it is still the property owner's right to uh, to evict those people out of the property if they try to sit in, and I would defend that right uh, from their rights perspective. I would not necessarily get upset about it or flip out, you know, like it was the worst thing to ever happen in the world. You know what I mean? I would not sure. be apoplectic about it. But, um, but would either of you actually do it? Would, uh, uh, sit in? Yeah. Would you do a sit in? I don't know if do I would. Go? Like, uh, like I said, I've not worn a mask in places where they ask me to wear a mask and stuff. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it got to a point for a sit-in, I don't know where I live. We don't have mask mandates or vaccine passports or anything, so I don't know. Like, I don't know what it's like to live in California. That's a perspective that you have that I don't. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if I would do it, but if I did do it, uh, I, so I think this would be, I think this is kind of the divine line to be between people. It's like, if they asked you to leave or they tried to force you out, would you resist with force against them trying to do that? You know what I mean? So uh, for me, it's like, no, I would not, re if I did do it, I would not resist them if they did that because I would understand that, you know, okay, that's your right. Because I, I see the sit-ins as much more symbolic than actually trying to start a fight. Yeah. I agree. Well, the whole thing uh, is it's supposed to be nonviolent protest. Like, right. Yeah. They try to ask you to leave and then you're like pulling out a Glock and you're going to town like that kind yeah. of defeats the whole purpose. Right. I, I totally agree. And I don't think we're to that level where that would actually be justified. I, I do think we are to the level where sit-ins are justified and that if you want to go sit there and have them have to carry you out or have them have to call the cops to carry you out. I think that these are these are the moments where, you know, a violation of property rights to send a, a moral message makes sense. And I, and I personally intend to do it myself. So I, I was curious because you guys talk, you know, about maintaining your principles and I guess this is a good question. Do you view that as me not being a libertarian? Uh, well, do you want to take this? Yeah, can I answer? Sure, so absolutely. as long as you accept like, Hey, property rights, self-ownership, you're a libertarian. And however you apply that, you can apply it differently. People apply it differently. So like abortion, I think that pro-choice people, they have their argument. Pro-life people, they have their argument. They're both just us trying to apply libertarian principles to different things. You can apply those things differently and still be a libertarian. That's my answer. Yeah. So I would say like for me, I, I use this example before, if I was starving to death in the middle of a desert and I found a, a cabin with some food, I probably would steal the food, but I would still understand that what I did was a rights violation and I would over institution for it. You know what I mean? So there are certain times when I would do that, I, you know, just on a cost benefit analysis, but I would still not view it as uh, justified in a, in a right sense. So um, I, I still think you're, a, so I, I would still consider a person a libertarian as long as they understood what they did was wrong from a rights perspective and that they would owe restitution. Yeah. Well, ca how can you owe restitution for sitting in a property? Uh, because you're well, because um, you're taking up space that could have been used by other people who they wanted there. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Like you could add it up, like say, hey, we had to turn away ten <clears throat> customers in the time that you. That's were right. Yeah. Like so that. Use or, your hey, we had to pay to get you removed. Yeah. Right, because you're occupying space. Well, I think that's maybe I'm not a libertarian then, because I would tell them to shove it up their fucking ass <laughs> if they asked me for money for those seats. I'd be like, well, maybe you should get rid of your stupid fucking vaccine because I would have actually been a paying customer. You have chosen to alienate me and segregate me from society. Yeah. So. You know, now I'm I'm taking well, I mean, a meal you out still, of your pocket. You can still be a libertarian. Like, not everyone is completely consistent. Um, it is something like minarchists. Like, they kind of seed a lot of arguments by not being consistent. And I think that's the problem with not being consistent. Um, so with minarchists, it comes to, well, if the government 
can provide all of the most essential services in society, why can't they provide everything else? And like well, see, I think that, I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that I think it's interesting because you guys talk about consistency, but if, if you are consistent to the point that you end up in, you know, totalitarianism, I don't, which, hang on, I'll just, I don't think that's feasible at all. I think that being, con- you what, can what? be consistent and take a stand against the state. I don't think that those are two contrary ideas. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, like I said, I did, you can be consistent. You can move to New Hampshire and start this libertarian concentration. You can be consistent and join the GOP and try to push like red states. I know, but you're, um, you're, that, these these are all descriptions of of options that we have in America. There are other countries, much smaller ones, Australia, for instance, that it's less it's less easy to find you know enclaves of liberty to try and survive in. I'm saying if it gets to a point yeah. of totalitarianism. And, and we have stood by and tried to maintain these principles of valuing property rights, even though the, the dividing line between private and public property or, or you know, apparatus of the state is very blurred. And I think we can all admit that's true. Um, it's, I don't know how, I don't know why I should value consistency if, if my consistency only gets me consistently lost liberty. And I feel as if that's what we're actually getting from this if we live in a totalitarian state and it reaches to the point where we have no other options and picking up guns and fighting the state, that is completely consistent with libertarianism. That's all I, I'll yeah. say. Yeah, no, of yeah. course. So I, I do want to, like, I, I think Drew handled it very well, but I do want to say that, you know, because uh, I feel like some people will say that, you know, if you're, if you're just kind of consistent libertarian, then you just have to take what they give you. It's like, well, no, we're not pacifists, right? There are many yeah. options and, and the options aren't, you know, great, of course, because it's like, you know, let's face it, libertarians are a, minor, a very small minority. So our choices are not great no matter what, no matter what we do, we're, uh, they're not great. Um uh, but but no, with the, if we just stick to libertarian principles, there's nothing that says we can't try to resist these people. It's not pacifism. If we are aggressed against, we can absolutely resist. But I do think your point about like, uh, well, why should I care if it's just losing me liberty? Well, I think I I would uh, tie this back to the war issue, right? It's like if um, this is like, and I'm not calling, I'm not, I don't want to be clear. I'm not calling you a neocon or anything like that, but this is kind of the argumentation that neocons use when they say, I am well, a neocon, <laughs> but you worship Ron DeSantis and you love uh, Mitt Romney. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Ace. Sure. Smith is the only yes. fan of Mitt Romney. Ace How may dare not you? be saying, Ace may not be calling you a neocon. Just be clear. I'm calling you a neocon. Um, the only like, war is- I'm, I'm pro for is against the government right now. And against sure. women. Go ahead. Ace. Uh, <laughs> This is um, the argument neocons will use, which is like, well, look, um, we had to kill these people. We had to kill these innocent people because, you know, if we not, had not fought like we had, uh, Germany would have won and uh, Nazi Germany would have won and taken over the world. Or that, you know, the communists would have won if we did not, you know, go into Vietnam and all these places. And if, we didn't, you know, drop napalm on babies. So this is the type of thing that neocons will say because they'll hand wave away rights and they'll just go to an extreme cost-benefit analysis and just say, well, look, uh, yeah, it was bad, but look, we uh, stopped the world from going into tyranny. Um, so I think it's, I think, you know, um, it's very alluring to say that, well, look, we're in a bad situation right now, so we just have to, you know, violate property rights. And look, as I was saying before with the example of water, it's like, sure, I would, to save my life, I would take the food, but I would not, uh, like, kill an innocent person to save my life, for example. That's me personally, right? Because there's no way I could ever pay restitution for that. So, that, um, so um, I think it does come down to um, an area where like, okay, if you can pay restitution for it, then then sure, if it's not a serious crime. But if, but if you were actually, if we got to a point where it was totalitarian 
and libertarians started saying, well, look, we're at war, so we can justify all this aggression against private property and private people. I would view that as unjustified. So um, well, sometimes this, this is a, this is a really important um, question then, because every story that you ever get told about the lead up to totalitarian dictatorships yeah. is always rife with tales of people saying, if only I had done X, if I if I had taken a more extreme stance earlier on Solzhenitsyn is a great example of this. Like we didn't, we had every opportunity to stop this and we didn't because we mm -hmm. kept saying to ourselves, ah, they won't do that. It won't get, it won't go to that, to, to that level. Like right. it, these are, I mean, this is recent history. I mean, this is not oh, like, yes. like, like an absurdity. Um, so I just, I just really wonder how we are to know when it is time. Do you guys have an answer? Can I just say, so look at the black lives matter protest from last year. At the start of that, hey, they're protesting police brutality. They're protesting qualified immunity, you know, uh, civil asset forfeiture. I don't know if they were actually protesting that, but hey, the libertarian angle was, hey, yeah, you're going after all of this bad stuff. I was completely in support of that until they started going after private businesses. So whenever you're burning down the police station, uh, in Minecraft, obviously, I'm talking about, you know, not in real life, uh, completely on board with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Once you take the turn and you start directing it towards private actors and you start looting and you start rioting and burning down businesses and all this stuff, I turn against you. My whole thing is that, hey, you want you have all this energy. You want to do something, do it against the government, not against private businesses. That's my whole thing. Go ahead. Ace. What about what about you? Ace? When do we when do we know that it is it is time? So this is, um, I, I kind of think that this idea, this is actually like kind of like a liberal idea, which is that, you know, uh, the people will know when it's time and they'll rise up. I, I kind of think that's not how revolutions ever happen. Um, sometimes most revolutions happen because it's just like a leap of faith. Like there, there's no right time for one. Um, it happens when it happens. And I know that's unsatisfactory for a lot of people because a lot of people see it's in okay. their minds that it, there's going to be this time when everyone's going to rise up. But in reality, um, if we look through history, we we generally see re revolutions happen because one person took a leap of faith or a, a group of people took a leap of faith and everyone else followed behind them. Certainly, but of course, yeah. that leap of faith is always dangerous because you don't know if those other people are going to follow behind you once you jump. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so that that is uh, always, you know, the the fear. And that's what usually and this is the bystander effect. Right. Everyone else thinks there uh, someone else will do something so that they're just going to sit down and do nothing. Uh, and we need to be very cautious against that because that's that's how totalitarianism rises, right? It's like, well, someone else will stop it. Someone I else. Think, will do I think I think that's yeah. that's been my concern with this topic is that when I hear libertarians that I respect, like you guys, defending the private property rights of people that are behaving immorally, it strikes me, or it, it the tone feels to me, and I don't. I'm not trying to say this is your sentiment. I'm saying this is how it feels yeah. to me, and I how I think you know, onlookers may perceive it is that you are relying on others to solve this. And, and I know that's unfair to you. So I'm not, I'm not even trying to like chastise you for it. I, you've already explained, I understand mm -hmm. the principle. I get it. I just, I just am trying to figure out like tactically how we actually come together and fucking stop this. Like, that's what I want. I want to stop this. I don't want to live in yeah. a country that is medical apartheid. Right. I don't. And I don't want to live in a segregated country. And I don't want, and I also don't want to have to fight the federal government. Like all of those things I don't want. So I'm trying to find 
a, a middle ground where we can actually have some sort of unanimity, some sort of like unanimous, let's fucking, let's do this. Is it possible? Yeah. So let me just say that um, in terms of defending the property rights of immoral people, um, I'm completely in favor of defending the property rights of immoral people. Like I think heroin is completely immoral. I think cheating on your wife is completely immoral. All things I should be, all things I think should be legal. So I don't think that's really a relevant point. That's not the main point you made there. I just want to say that. Um, and then I do just want to say again, like me and Ace, we're principled. We don't think that, hey, everyone should just sit back and do nothing. Like that's not our point of view, people say like, hey, you guys are going to be the most principled people in the boxcar. Um, I don't think it necessarily follows that being principled means you're not going to do anything and you're going to end up in a boxcar. Um, we are completely in favor of strategies. As far as those strategies, like I said, there's a bunch of strategies for achieving libertarianism. There are a bunch of strategies specifically pertaining to vaccine mandates and all this stuff. Uh, do whatever you want. Like, I don't think we all, I don't think we all need to be united and achieving and going towards one thing. I don't think it's possible for all libertarians to be united and going after one thing. Yeah. Um, I think that we all do agree, at least not the Cato people, but they don't really count because they're fake. Like uh, David Boaz is a fucking idiot and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, but I think that we all are in agreement that, hey, these vaccine mandates are terrible, even if we defend the property rights of a private business doing it themselves, like the same thing. I think heroin is bad. I still defend a heroin addict's right to do it. We all agree that these vaccine mandates are bad. We all think that private businesses who are on their own accord uh, ask for proof of vaccination are pieces of shit. Yes. Um, and I think we're all in agreement on that. What we do about it, I think that's up for debate, but I don't think there is like this, oh, me and Ace aren't in step with you because we are in step with you. We just want to make sure that we're focused on the actual root of the problem. Yeah, the person initiating the coercion. I get it. Yes. What, what just about like, you? Just like, with, just like with Black Lives Matter, we want to focus on the police, not on these private businesses who See, just happen to be running. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to push back a little bit there because Go ahead. in the situation of Black Lives Matter, those businesses genuinely did nothing. This is yeah. different. It is different. The business is implementing this bullshit. From the federal or from the state government, I guess in most cases, but it could be from the federal government at some point. So, I again, I'm not saying that I, I did not agree with Black Lives Matter, you know, looting targets, and I don't, I don't actually agree with restaurants being, you know, or restaurateurs being taken in the street and tarred and feathered. Like I don't, I, I also don't want to go there, but it is different. I just I just want to so from, hammer that point. From our perspective, yes, it is completely different. From the Black Lives Matter, the communist Marxist perspective, it's not the same. They're all part of capitalism. They're all part of uh, this Correct. police state. So blah. So from their perspective, it is the same thing. But uh, that's not an important point. Go ahead, Ace. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, um, I think this is – I don't want to say it's a problem of libertarianism because libertarianism never sets out to accomplish this goal. But I think it's just a, a you know an effect of you know these principles, which is that – libertarianism doesn't leave you with a strategy to enact it right so um i think a lot of people you know obviously we all want we would love it would be our ultimate goal to at least as libertarians to have an anarchist society where you know that respected the nap legally and stuff like that um but now i, I do agree with drew in the sense that there's no I, I don't think we necessarily all have to be united to uh, try to achieve that in some sense i think that um, you know, because, you know, there's also, you know, cost to saying that, okay, we're all going to be united to the single goal, but what if this doesn't work out? Now that's not an argument against that particular, uh, that particular strategy, but it's just an argument for, we might want to let a thousand flowers bloom, uh, strategy wise. 
And now that might that's going to lead necessarily to less unity. But I think it might be better in, you know, because like you have some people who are like, okay, let's let's get involved in politics. You have some people who are like, no, let's secede in general to from the United States. You have people who are like, well, let's try to take over a town like New Hampshire, uh, you know, or a state. Um, so you have all these different, um, strategies and it's going to be unsatisfactory to a lot of people. And it is to me, I, I, I completely understand that, but I don't think like if the answer was easy, if we knew what we were going to do, we could do it. You know what I mean? If, if we saw the, if we saw the end, the light, the end of the tunnel, then we will, we would all head there naturally. And, and, and for the record, I, yeah. you know, I, I see the value in decentralization. Like I, I get it. And I understand that like you, you may not want to put all your eggs in one basket except for. When you are on the cusp of totalitarianism, then you probably do. You probably well, want to take a oh, shot so, with everybody in oh, the yeah. same. Um, can I? Yeah, sorry, um, I just want to say, yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that we should um, have some. Uh, like, I do think everyone should be focused on stopping this, but I'm saying they should be focused on stopping yeah. it in their own way. I wasn't saying that they should just, you know, ignore this. Oh, sorry, I wasn't even. Yeah. I wasn't even implying that. I, oh, okay. I was. I was simply saying that that the decentralized tactics are better when you're kind of trying to test things out but it, at, at a certain point you probably want to throw more people into one path to try and give yourself the best chance of achieving that path if if the alternative is totalitarianism so th- like i'm yes. just trying to i'm just trying to like understand where we are in the arc of history you know like and i know it's impossible to know and I, i'm not this is why i said I am seeking answers. I literally am having you guys on because I don't have the answers. And it sounds as if you don't either. And I, I respect that. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> what right. are we supposed so, to do here? <laughs> I'll just say so with the Constitution, like set aside minarchy. We don't support minarchy. It's still a state. It's still violent, coercive. But just put aside the Constitution. It relies on people actually obeying it. And it relies right. on the state restraining itself. I think that's doomed to fail. And I think it has been apparent to doomed to to be doomed to fail. I think get trying to get libertarians to all unite and go after the same strategy. I think that is another thing that is doomed to fail. And if your strategy relies on everyone being in unison and being together, I think that is destined to fail. Even, even if you discount the point of whether or not that's something we would want to achieve, I don't think it's possible. And and to bring a little hope to this too, it's like, um, you know, uh, when you look at like some of the great like actual victories, at least, you know, ostensibly victories for liberty, like if you look at the Revolutionary War, that was a very small minority of people. Like It was, it was very small. I mean, it, you know, it, it wasn't 3%, it was more like 5 to 10%, but it's still an extremely small number mm-hmm. uh, of uh, people who actually supported and joined the fight to the revolution. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. And, so, and, I, and I don't think that we need half of the population. If I thought we could get to half the population, I'd just be like, well, then we're going to have Dave Smith as president. So we'll be all right. Exactly. But that's not going to fucking happen. So, <laughs> right. so like, I understand yeah. we only need a very small minority, but we need a small minority that is fucking active. And I think yes. that's the other complaint that I've had is that because the situation is so dire, because we are seeing such a rapid decline in our actual fucking liberty in this country yeah. that I would like to see people more active, more like, and, I, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, being indoctrinated by uh, Magnus Panvidia, but, but like, really, like, I, like I went my entire 35 years of my life, not really given a fuck about politics. I, I was kind of a casual onlooker. I didn't really care all that much, but it was because I was able to function inside this bullshit system without, you know, actually feeling the aggression of it. And now after 18 months of being periodically locked down and then I went up to NorCal and I saw 
it's like I went in a fucking time portal to, to seven months ago in San Diego. Literally every fucking human being has a mask on and all of the businesses require, uh, you know, uh, vaccine passports to get in. And I was like, holy shit, like this. And I, and I, like, I wish, and I don't wish this upon my worst enemy, but I wish you guys could just feel what it felt like. Like I was just there last week and I'm telling you guys, it is fucking horrifying. Like it is really, really concerning. And, and it's like, we have simultaneously these relatively free areas like New Hampshire and Florida and elsewhere, maybe Missouri. I don't know much about it, but Drew describes it as being pretty positive. (laughs) We have a lot of guns and we hate the federal government. I I, sounds awesome. I may, I may have to check it out. And then, and then simultaneously we have like these places that are fucking dystopic novels that are happening right now. And, uh, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I just I I get very very nervous about the trajectory of things. Do you guys I mean you seem to have a a greater level of optimism than I do. Is it simply based off of where you live? Is it because you're paying attention to the crypto space and and kind of these decentralized uh, liberty movements that are sprouting up or or what is it that gives you hope? I have so, short term Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Ace. Oh, I I have short term pessimism, long term optimism. Oh, um, I'm I'm so, the same way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I do think it's going to get worse before it will get better. Um, um, but ultimately, and I, I'm sure like your geography, my geography is probably influencing it to a certain extent, but I serve, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not as outraged as you are about this. This is a complete catastrophe, right? Like we, we, last year, the, what happened, what's happening right now would have been a conspiracy theory, right? No one would have believed this shit uh, when they were saying, oh yeah, just locked down for 14 days, 14 days to climb the curve and then it all been over, right? So no one, uh, so this is absolutely a calamity. It, it, they've, they've done in real time the experiment where, you know, you put the frog in the water and then you slowly turn it up and then the frog doesn't even know about it until it's too late. Um, that's exactly what's happened here. Um, so yeah, no, you absolutely have to um, understand the severity of where we're at right now and act accordingly. And I completely agree. And, and Clint, I have to praise you on because you are so passionate about this issue and everyone should be. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. And, and honestly, this is why I wanted to talk to you guys, you know, face to face as much as we can electronically is because I wanted to understand if I was, um, if I was alone in feeling how no. how perilous no. this is, and and it's great, it's a huge relief to me that you guys are seeing this similarly. So, thank yeah. you. Can I just like a real quick plug? I did a video called "War Is the Health of the State." Kind of the twist at the end is that I apply domestic wars as well, and I talk about the war on COVID for like two minutes, and I just yep. ran about the war on COVID for two minutes. So yeah, we are all completely against uh, this COVID stuff. My case for optimism isn't just that, like, I think that we can all sit in our homes and do nothing and we'll be fine. Um, my hope for optimism does include that people will disobey stuff. And I think that I am saying people will disobey stuff. Like, uh, people aren't following along with this. Um, so that's why I'm optimistic. Yeah. I think, I think the reason that I'm concerned is basically all of this has been done so far and they've taken so much from us and they've done almost all of it without violence. That is horrifying to me. The fact that they haven't had to be violent, the, the fact that they haven't had to have cops come in and like yeah. actually do shit and arrest people like it's been very limited. I mean, it, Black Lives Matter protests was a different thing, uh, but I'm yeah. saying in terms of the lockdowns and the mass mandates yeah. and the vaccine passports, it's been basically everyone just going along. And and I'm like, when the fuck do we stop cooperating with this? And, yeah. and I just am, I'm like pleading with people just stop fucking going along with this. And I like, do you guys have any tips on how we could actually like convey the risk that people are in? Cause I, I am doing everything I can. 
show them Australia. Yeah. Show them Australia. Yeah. I that's, think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I wanted, I wanted to ask you guys too. Um, do either of you give credence to the world economic forum and, and the fact that this is intentional and like that they have global oh. government plans? Yeah. Oh, I certainly think that they've, you know, no matter, however you think those virus came about, what's, what's um, undisputable is that they've taken advantage of it to the point where um, they might, it might as well have been intentional because they're going to exploit it to their heart's content. So yes, this is absolutely right. The, like the whole, you know, build back better thing that started in like at one point and then just spread to every single like uh, corporation in America. So there are absolutely places who are exploiting this and then governments around the yeah. world. So they're, they are trying to do, create some economic change, um, in how things have been run. And they, they've explicitly stated so. That's not even me being some conspiracy theory. They've right. Explicitly and then, stated and this. then like well, every politician across the entire planet is using Build Back Better. It's like, I don't yeah. think that's a coincidence. Right, yeah. yeah. But like the other example is 9-11. So people talk about 9-11. Was it an inside job? Was it not an inside job? It doesn't matter. They still brought about the Patriot Act. They still had this 20-year war in Afghanistan. They still had the Iraq war. Uh, they still racked up the, tra- the debt by trillions of dollars. They still drone strike the civilians. It doesn't matter whether it's a conspiracy or not. This is the situation that we're currently in, and yeah, right. whatever caused that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, and and just to like better explain my stance and the reason I said I don't, I you know, I don't mind people assaulting that lady is because this is the trade-off. How I perceive it, the trade-off is this: you have either you have a few a few skirmishes where people who are upset because they're not showing their vaccine passport and they get kicked out of the restaurant and then they either verbally or physically assault some employee in the restaurant. And then perhaps you have mass quitting. You have a bunch of, a bunch of people who say, I'm not going to enforce this shit. I'm not risking getting beat up. And then because of that, it gets the businesses to stop. The alternative being this gets rolled out in full and we end up having, obviously we all know that like once there's a precedent set, it's all, it's only going to be extrapolated upon. You're going to have additional infringements that come from it. Same with uh, Patriot Act and 9-11 and TSA, NSA, everything. If I if I if a few people have to be beat up to prevent this early, I'm like, you know, I like, am I am I <laughs> like like I'm again, I'm not gonna do it, but eh. I this is the I think this is one thing where I will push back on you about because I do think that what happened to the hostess was indefensible. Um I, I think that um I just ultimate- defended it. <laughs> right, right. Well, you're Walter Block. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, and for, um, record, for the record, I'm again. I'm not defending it. I'm like this is the uh, consequentialist or whatever. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm saying like if it results in this being overturned or not being enforced, would that right. not be a better outcome yeah. for liberty than having to go to war with the federal well, yeah, government? Like you're not obligated to be offended by anything. So yeah, that's fine. Right. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're not obligated, but this is also the thing where you know we were just criticizing about you know the people talking about well, it's a private company. Why are you criti- You know, why are you criticizing? But it's like, well, yeah. well, no, yeah, you don't have to. You know, you're not obligated by your rights to criticize. But I think it's something that when you see a worker who, uh, you know, an employee who is just standing there who gets attacked by a bunch of aggressive people, I, I, I don't see a defense for that. Even like, like I, I guess I'm just not as consequentialist or utilitarian where I, I'm like, I don't see, like, even if that, even if, you know, that would lead to more liberty in the future, I'm not willing to say that's okay. Um, I'm not willing to say that's justified. Okay. Um, for me, um, 
for me, libertarian, like, like uh, as an, as an anarchist, I do want to see an anarchist society, but I, but um, my main concern is making sure that people's rights are not violated. Um, right. So an anarchist society for me would be, you know, the culmination of that process. But my main concern is individual rights in the meantime. Yeah. Well, well that's, that's the problem is I don't feel like we have many right now. <laughs> right. No, but I'm just saying like, uh, you know, and no, that's true. But I, I don't think that um, we're helping our cause by saying that, you know, well, that, you know, when we were watching someone get beat up, well, you know, who, yeah, I know, I know you're not saying who cares, but you know, that's, that's kind of how it's going to come across to a lot of yeah, people. And I think, I you know, um, I, I feel like if you don't, uh, there's a certain point where it's like, if you don't care about other people's rights, um, why should you they know, care about yours? Exactly. Why should they care about yours? And and, and another and what but, a but person this, would this, say to me this, is that they're not caring about ours right now. Exactly. And, so and that, that, that that's kind of the point there. It's like, well, right. is the is the person who's enforcing this caring about my rights? Like, I don't know. So uh, this is this is well, why but, it breed it breeds contempt, and it's going in like I I view this uh, outside of the libertarian sphere, but more as like a, a like uh, an anthropological study. Like I just looking at like what people do in these circumstances and. And I have very strong instincts as to how this plays out. And I believe that we will see violence, increasing violence, if sure. we do not defeat this premise. Because if you have people that lose their jobs and can't get any food from restaurants and shit like that, you're going to see people that get radicalized. I mean, I, I already see it. I uh, Just speaking to like conservative relatives and shit, they're like, they're fucking radicalized folks. Like, I'm telling you. And, right. and maybe that's good for us. You know, maybe it is. But also maybe it's awful. And we end up having a major hot civil war. And I'm just like, fuck, I don't know. I just don't know. So my answer to the civil war thing and like the violence happening doesn't really change. It's still balkanization. It's the people who are not down with the vaccine stuff moving to red states. It's people concentrating in New Hampshire and it's us pushing mm -hmm. for secession. Yeah. I think that's how you diffuse it. And the entire culture war, all this left versus right thing, I think secession is how you defuse it. Right. Um, and you can say that, hey, I'm living in ANCAP, stand in your head. How are we going to achieve that? Um, I don't really know how we're going to achieve it. We're already making a push towards that with governors nullifying federal mandates. So I don't think it's completely just out of the question of that happening. No, but at the very it's least- certainly not utopic. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. At the very least, if you're a right-wing person and you're tired of this vaccine mandate stuff, move out of blue states. But like, yeah. that's what you can do for it. Yep. Well, I'm, yeah. and I'm moving to Florida tomorrow. So, oh, uh, no, Ace, there you go. Ace what were you going to say? Uh, no, but I was just going to say, I think this is, and I know I'm kind of treading water. I already treaded here, but uh, like this is to me um, goes back to like the war issue, right? Where it's like, yeah, if, you know, if you don't kill that civilian right there, maybe that will cost you more lives for your side or something like that. But no matter, but even if we did, you know, even if that's, um, we made that call, it would still be wrong in a right sense, right? So I think, so even if we did say, even if we are going to say that from a consequentialist perspective, this is going to increase our liberty, we should still not say that uh, it's okay in a rights perspective. I think we should still, uh, in some sense, always defend that person's rights and say it's, it, we should at the very least say it's wrong from a rights perspective, even yeah. if you don't care. Like we should still come out and sit peace. Like, I, I, and I'm not saying you're doing this, Clint, necessarily, but I'm saying that, if if we don't come out and say first off like if we see a video of someone getting beat up and we say well you know this is going to be a good thing for liberty <laughs> or you know from a consequence or maybe from a consequentialist perspective um i feel like that's going to shoot ourselves in the foot at the very least um okay. because yeah yeah and whatever you do like you can see ground on stuff that you don't even think about so like um clint you and my homeboy top lobster love him to death 
you were talking about this in terms of employers forcing their their uh, employees to get the vaccine and stuff like that. And just by using that term force, an employer forces their employee to do something. Then you have communists coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, look, the ANCAPs are admitting that employers can force their employees to do things. And then you're seeding ground in areas where you didn't even right. think that was relevant. Sure. So I think that's another thing. Yeah. Well, I, I and I mean, I don't I don't know if I've actually said that, but maybe I have. Uh, or were you saying that Top Lobster said that? that? That was a few weeks ago. But yeah, there was you said something like that. And there was one communist who replied to it. And then Top Lobster said it. And yeah, it was okay. a thing. It's not it wasn't one of your main points. It was just a side point. And then yeah, you know, yeah. The well, ANCOMs latch on to it and say, like, look, the ANCAPs are conceding all this ground. Indeed. Yeah. Well, and that's that's a fair point. I I don't think that I mean, it's not force except for when if it's mandated for every employment position in this country, in which case it is kind of force. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, and then it requires entrepreneurialism, in which case they could actually they could criminalize that theoretically. It's like this stuff. I mean, it's just a, it's a really it's a complicated thought experiment. And I think that what's frustrated me is that people are um, not. I don't know, not you guys, but I think a lot of people are kind of taking this a little too casually, like where they're, they're just not, they're not extrapolating. Like, I, sure. And I think that's the, the reason I'm getting increasingly frustrated is like, I've had 18 months of sending out these warnings. I have right. been very, very loud about this is what I see coming. This is what happens. This is what I see coming. This is what happens. And it's like, and now I see these vaccine mandates and I'm saying, if we do this, we get social credit scores. Like I am very fucking confident that if we don't win yeah. this fight, that's where we go. Sure. And if we and if we have that and we have a total surveillance state, you get to a level of, you know, potential North Korea with uh, a really high level kind of pan panopticon tech technocratic state. And I'm like, fuck, man, this is really, really dangerous. And I just I just wish that I could get the urgency of of my message across without coming out. And and you know scaring off you guys and making you think that I'm like some fucking communist sympathizer or something because I'm you know you I think you can tell I'm not but it's just like I it's you get to a point of such urgency where you're like fuck man I got to do something dramatic you know I yeah. I under, completely understand like the fear right of like the, this idea of that like look we're losing right now and we need to do something and I, I complete as I said before I completely respect your um you know your tenacity for going after this issue and I share your feelings for it. Um, I, I think on the flip side, though, um, I, I'm also worried about how casually people are willing to say, you know, and I'm not saying you in particular, right. but how other people are saying how, yeah, you know, violence against these businesses is just OK. You know what I mean? I'm also I'm also concerned about that is just as much as I am about, like, you know, some of the COVID stuff. Because it's like, well, I, I, you know, the, the state mandating the, the vaccine mandate uh, uh, on these businesses is wrong but so is you treating this business as if they're you know you can just violate them whenever you want because they're doing something or they're being coerced or you know i i um, completely grant you that the, it is a dangerous um outlook to have if you're going to make it that anybody implementing the will of the state is then an agent of the state and, right. and can be and can be basically fought violently or yeah. like, murdered potentially i mean that that's a very dangerous perspective to have so right. like i agree with you guys because like um most people all, all throughout the country in some sense uh at imply or employ the will of the state by following the state's laws you know what i mean yes so this is not this is not something new and this is no. why i was really concerned about some people and not you but some people 
you know, talking about how, well, if you follow the state's laws, you're a co-conspirator and therefore you lose your property rights. Well, I know. If, I, if that's I, the, yeah, I saw ahead. people, I saw people commenting to you, like to, to people that collect uh, sales tax. Are they, are they, are they now? And it's like, it's like, look, in a way, yeah, I could like, I could see the argument. Um, but simultaneously, like the reason I'm putting my foot down so, so hard right now is because the whole reason we don't look at that as, you know, some sort of fascistic um, tying of business with the state is because it's been happening forever. <laughs> and, and if we allow and this the vaccine is, passports, yeah, this is it'll be perceived the same way. And that's, right. that's why I do not want to allow this precedent. Absolutely. And I'm trying with all of my might to defeat this while yeah. we still can because we know it's you just they just don't roll shit back absolutely this is um the ratchet effect by uh bill higgs where he talks right. about like you know once the state amasses power they have no incentive to give it back none whatsoever like why would if you're the you top dog what incentive do you have to give power back to the uh, the plebes you know what i mean yeah. so it's like yeah and, and I, I feel like if we click one more notch on that ratchet it may be impossible to ever go back and without you know, really violent yeah. civil Drew, war. Or something. I, I'm sorry. I think I cut you off. Go ahead. And, uh, what were you gonna say? No, you're you're good. I'm just gonna say, yeah, Clint, you are like the most passionate person on like the liberty space. You are just as passionate as Dave Smith, if not more passionate than Dave Smith. Like that is why people like you. That's why I like you. So well, um, yeah, I completely admire what you're doing. And yeah, we completely agree. This vaccine shit is fucking yeah awful, terrible. Uh. We shouldn't have even granted the two weeks to slow the spread or the 15 days to yeah. slow the spread, whatever Absolutely. it was, because once you grant that, then you have all these other things. When, once you grant that it's okay to take away liberty to stop COVID, they are going to push that as far as they can. Right. And right. yes, I think that the line should have been drawn a long time ago, and I am perfectly fine with, hey, we didn't do that. Let's draw the line now. So, yeah, okay. yeah, we are all in agreement on that. Well, yes. I, 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 and again, I apologies for for phrasing my war declaration against you guys in a way that came across as if I was saying you were my enemy or that I was saying that I wanted to go to war with you. I was saying again, that I think that this leads to war if we don't win here. And, and, you know, I don't know that I can't know sure. It for sure. Um, but it is, it is a burning right. sensation I have in my fucking being right now. And I understand. I, and, and, uh, but I, it doesn't it doesn't excuse how I came at you guys. So I I do want to yeah. apologize. Oh, for absolutely, that. That, was, that was wrong. Well, listen, Clint, I actually I do want war with you, but not over like this <laughs> COVID stuff, but because of Reed Coverdale, like one of us <laughs> has to get him. And personally, I think it should be bro, me. Like, bro, we can share. We can share. That's like, let me be honest, Clint. You're a boomer. You had problems starting the stream. Like, Reed is way. Oh, <laughs> it took me a half me. a second. Come on, man. Well, that's a half second longer than it would have taken me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just started I live streaming. Cut me some slack. I'm fucking. I'm pretty high tech for a boomer. Right. Uh, but for anyways, a boomer. I, that's, <laughs> I'm not even okay. I was if, born in the '80s. How dare you? If I say one thing, um, I, I so yeah, I completely, completely agree with everything you guys have said about COVID. And like this has just been an absolute atrocity, like all across the board since the moment they came out with the first lockdowns. It was like it was bad. Um. I, and I don't want to undercut that. Um, and it's going to sound like I'm undercutting that because I'm going to switch topics for a little for a second. But um, I, I do want to you know, just reiterate that um, I think it's really important for libertarians and anarchists in general, if we believe in individual liberty, that when we see an aggression taking place against an individual, that we always say that they have a right to resist that aggression. Right. Yeah. That, because you always have to come back down to the individuals. Like even if you think that, um, you know, consequentially, this might have a, some good outcome or it might lead to some ripple effect that leads to another good outcome. Um, we should still always say 
that person has a right to resist aggression, uh, period. Of course. No. And, and and for the record, I think that the hostess has a right to defend themselves. Like, I, and, and it's just that I am not going to come to their defense because I do not believe that they're behaving morally. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not advocating for violence against them. I'm not sit, like Jessica asked, how many hostesses do we have to sacrifice Clint in the chat? I'm not saying that we need to sacrifice these people. In fact, I would prefer that we don't. I would prefer that we can, we can resolve this peacefully. My, the entire reason I am so activated is because I am very concerned that massive violence is around the corner. And, and that is the whole impetus for my urgency is that I'm trying to not get us there. Um, I think I've made that point about as clearly as I can. I, and I, for the record, I will take both of your points to heart about maintaining that principle. And, and I will even reconsider my stance on whether or not I should be um, you know, vocally defending the hostess that was assaulted in that position. I'm not, you know, I'm not like definitive in this position. This is the, uh, a lot of this is emotion. Like I am dealing with a lot of like I understand. shit that's happening in the country. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to react to some of this. I'm trying to fucking not continue to lose Liberty, but I'm also trying not to lose myself in this. So I appreciate you as like my moral uh, guide rails or guardrails uh, in this moment. And, and let me reiterate my respect and appreciation for you guys. I think that you're both uh, great thinkers and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much yeah. for inviting me on. Clint, I really thanks for having this. me on. Yeah, Clint, you're a legend. Ace, you're a legend. You're the oh, handsomest you. motherfucker on Twitter. Oh, no, uh, no, no, no. Thank, just, I really appreciate that, Drew. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it. All right, thanks, All right, brother. Clint. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. If you'd like to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. <laughs> Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin'. A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe